Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And um, it's been, honestly, I don't have words. While recording the last episode, my computer overheated and died. And we weren't even sure it was going to recover. It did, thankfully. But I now no longer have the energy for anything. It's okay. It happens. <laughs> um, this is our last episode before Christmas, which is exciting. Well, we might have a little Merry Christmas thing. This is the Wednesday before Christmas that this comes out. Oh, before Christmas. Sorry. I'm thinking of in the year of 2021. We're right. No, no, no. This is probably not the last one in the year of 2021. Just the last yes, one before no. Christmas Day. But we are not going to finish. We're not going to start season two of Dead Like Me in 2021. We are going to take a little bit of break. We might have like a short, like 20 minute Merry Christmas. We love you guys episode. The Sunday after Christmas. And then we will come back in the new year with our season one recap and the start of season two. But um, we have not taken a break from this podcast for a year and a half. And I'm tired. And I haven't taken a break in my whole life, I don't think. <laughs> so it's time. <laughs> I'm going home for the holidays and I'm not doing anything that is considered a responsibility. I will only be eating and talking to people I love and doing nothing to take care of myself. I will be just alive somewhere that I don't have to do anything. I will not be taking that much of a break, but like, I will still be taking a break. Yeah. Well, I am uh, working a solid 80 plus hours every week this month. Um I clocked out at 83 hours this last, last night, last night that happened. So, uh, I'm tired and, uh, but I am super excited for Christmas. This is our Christmas episode. It would have been, oh, oh my gosh, no. I can't put it on my head. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I'm taking my headphones off. Okay. We got these at work last night to wear at the bar. They're super cute. We've been doing lots of holiday parties. And um, this is Merry yeah. Christmas. Oh, I don't have anything Christmas. I'm very excited about Christmas. I did go to the Lindsay Sterling Christmas concert last night. And by go to, I mean worked it. Um, she is amazing. She is such a doll. I, I love her so much. Oh, God. So, um, Luna Latte, her chihuahua, which mm-hmm. if you follow her on social media, you've seen videos of her little pup. Um, Luna Latte um, needed to go to the bathroom really bad, but there was 70 mile per hour winds, and she's a chihuahua. She would have blown away. Mm-hmm. And so she walked outside. And she only made it six inches. And then she said, nope. Poor thing. She came back in and I was like, I was like patting her and I was like, it's going to be okay. And like the, her, um, the person who works for Lindsay, who like handles her dog during the shows and everything was like, I just, I kind of hope that she just gets frustrated enough and just goes on the floor so that I can clean it up instead of like panicking and freaking out that she can't go to the bathroom but she didn't she like would not go inside that's how Sadie is too she'll just like it's stormy outside but she doesn't want to go outside if it's storming but she'll just pace and walk in circles and I'm like could you just pick one or the other like oh my gosh so I feel you I um I also had I had my first oh go ahead I was playing with her dog but then also her promoter has a dog that has um He's this big, beautiful black dog. I'm not sure exactly what he is, but he has like dingo ears. Mm. He's um, a search and rescue dog. 
Okay. His name is Robert Frost. It's precious. So I was playing Frisbee with Robert Frost and um, giving Luna Latte some pet love. And that was the only exciting part of my, my day. I love it. Well, I, I had an exciting part of my day, um, sort of. When I got to work yesterday, um, we had this group. I, I knocked my first tray of drinks over oh. onto myself. So uh, thankfully, there was only one left on the tray when I knocked it over because I was like leaning around people with the tray and I knocked Prosecco all down the front of my body. And no, so and this Prosecco. was like, it was like noon. So I smelled like Prosecco for like 12 hours and I was just like I don't know I don't know man it's just it went straight into my cell phone because I had my cell phone in my like pouch pocket um but my cell phone works it's fine it was a an experience I was just like thankfully I didn't get it all over anybody else just me yeah and I was just like I'll be back okay I'll go get you another one because we have like the bottles and, like they give like little bottles and you're like oh and then you pour them. yeah and so we have to do it the, they were like usually when we're busy we just like pour it at the bar and then take it to them but they apparently we have to uh take them and pour them at the table now regardless of how busy we are and what we have and I'm like no one really cares that much but okay we are an Irish pub that's fine we are not a five-star fine dining restaurant but it's cool um, I did tell a lady yesterday because she was like, oh, I'll pour it. I was like, no, no, we, we have to do this. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I leave like a carafe of wine at Porter Cup. And she yeah. was like, what? I was like, yeah, we have to like, <laughs> it's like part of our rules. We have to pour it. And she was like, that's crazy. It's <laughs> like, maybe, but that's what we have to do. Um, but it was fine. It was a long day, but it was a decent day. I'm gonna, <laughs> I should have like $8 million in tips now because we had to like, eight or nine big holiday parties this week so you you don't well it comes on my check so our oh. i get cash but we don't get a lot of cash just like in general okay um, that makes sense so it it all of our credit card tips goes on our paycheck the next week yeah got it so uh yeah i've never worked a job that had tips I worked a lot of jobs that have tips because I used to work in coffee shops all the time. I mean, when and, I worked at Dairy Queen, occasionally people would tip me, but yeah, but no, I never. Well, that's how that's how people who work at bars survive. Well, I I I know tips. I get that. I mean, it shouldn't be, but that's a whole other conversation. But also, even even so. Um, I still make more there than I make at my office job working the same amount of hours. I make like four or $500 more a week at the bar than I do at my office job. And the, I get more taxes taken out of the bar than I do my office job. So good times. Welcome to New York. This is what happens when you live here. You got to really love the city to stay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So rest in peace to my sanity, and that's the title of this episode that we watched this week. Yes, that is uh, my transition for the week. Beautiful. Sorry, I was just doing quick math. Yes, um, I make exactly ten cents less an hour in my part-time job than I do at my school, but like. Yeah. 10 cents less an hour than yeah. teaching. I make like if I were to go full time at the bar, I would make twice as much as I do at my office job. So so right now I'm just working full time twice, which is fine, I guess. It's fine. Um, yeah. So rest in peace. Yeah, no, if I were to go full-time at my part-time job, uh, I would have to have a different job because my position only exists part-time. Right, right. So I wouldn't want to do that. Right, no, I feel that. But yeah, so rest in peace to both of us and to George. Yes, God bless her.
So the rating of this episode was 8.4 out of 10, which I think is the highest. I think so. Which, like, I think it's the highest because it's the season finale. Because, like, it was fine. It was good. But yeah. the highest? I don't know about that. Um, It was released on September 26, 2003. I know last episode we talked about them being released a month apart. It was another error we found on IMDb. Because that's what this iPad, this, oh my God, how old am I? This podcast is about, is about correcting IMDb. Yes. Um, so September 26, 2003, the number one song is still Shake Your Tail Feather because it was a real banger and it's time. The number one movie was The Rundown, which I have not seen and I thoroughly meant to look up. It has Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. Um, I told myself when I looked up what the movie was that when I looked up what movie it was that I was also going to look up what the movie was about and I did not. It has oh. Dwayne Johnson in it. Um, there are other people, I'm sure. It's an action See, comedy. All I could think oh, of was Rosario just... Dawson. I love her. <gasps> what? I I do not care for her as a human. I don't know much about her as a human, but she is one of my favorite actresses. I'm so sorry. I don't think she's that good either. I love her. We might have to break up. <laughs> I love her dearly. It's fine. We won't break up. Don't worry. Okay. But um, all I could think of when you said the rundown, though, was that Snapchat story by E when it was like, you know how like they have like Snapchat news things for a while? Yes, and, like, I never e- watched them. Oh yeah, no, E News is it was called The Rundown and the girl who ran it, her oh. name was Erin. And I followed them just because she made me laugh. Mm. I, see, I did not watch. I'm really bad at watching videos of things yeah, that are not podcast related. Yeah, I know. My uh, TikTok DMs tell me that. That I haven't watched the 400 videos that you sent me in months look when I go home for the holidays and I'm just like chilling Caitlin and Jamie go to bed so early and so I'll just be laying in my bed and I'll watch some TikToks and uh I'll I'll catch up catch up don't worry perfect perfect um yeah and so the director of this episode is Helen Shaver who I think is our first woman director for the seasons for the series we had a writer, but I yeah, think we had one the first director. Say, had, yeah, I was gonna say we had one woman, but if she was a writer, this was our first director. Yes. So uh, this woman is like kind of killer. She like also directed the Poltergeist TV show, which I never watched because I thought I would be scared of it. So I didn't watch it. But she also directed The Craft, which is like cult classic yeah. Um, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and she's also an actress. She's like a double, a double threat. I don't think people say that, but I'm saying that now. Okay. And uh, she was in the L word. Is the thing that I recognize that she's in. Um, what was her last name? Shaver. Shaver. Uh huh. And so I recognize her face, but I really, I don't, I haven't really seen anything she's in. Um, but I have seen the craft. It's good. Oh, okay. um, do you do you know her? You see her face? Do you know? Her? I I recognize her face. I'm looking at her list to try to figure out what it is that I I know. She also acted oh. in the Poltergeist TV show. Um, she was also um, Littlefoot's mom in the Land Before Time, but that no. has nothing to do with her face. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with her face, but I love it. Yeah. I love The Lamb Before Time. It was like my fave movies back in the day. That's oh. why I, I, the, what I recognize her face from is um, an episode of Columbo. That makes sense. That's very yep. you. Yep. So our writers this episode were excerpt Brian Fuller and then John Massius and Stephen Godshaw, who we've had before. I don't think I don't think we've had John Massius though. I don't. I don't recognize his name. He doesn't sound familiar, no. So I looked him up and he is 
he fits in with all the other writers. They've all clearly written together for a while because his top shows were Saint Elsewhere. He did Dead Like Me and the Dead Like Me movie, um, okay. Touched by an Angel, and the Ferris Bueller TV show. So like, yeah. he's obviously pals with the other writers. Right. Um, they all wrote on those things. So um, then we get into this episode and she's talking about um, George is talking about good things happening. And she's like, I just feel it. Something good's going to happen. A 20 gets stuck on the um, spoke of her wheel. Is that what they're called spokes? Yes. Excellent. Um, I apologize ahead of time. My brain is not working because I am sick and have been sick for four days. It's not COVID. I'm fine. My brain is also not working. And I just looked at my notes and realized that I think I have 15 notes for the whole episode. So we'll see how this goes. All right. Um, Well, if it's anything like Sundays, we can talk a lot. So (sighs) it's cool. Um, I put very shorthand notes. So I'm hoping I remember what they all mean. Um, Anyway, so she's expecting good things to happen. And she's like in this great mood. And then we get to the the diner and uh roxy i don't remember what she was talking about now but uh Um, my note says what is up roxy's ass this morning she told she went off on george when george was trying to say something and she said you're not something she said you're just dead and stupid (laughs) i was like what the heck roxy it's like calm down but also like in this scene it felt a little out of character like I don't know what it was. I don't know why. Like, first of all, this is the first time we see Roxy at the diner with them out of uniform. Yeah. So Roxy's out of uniform and she's being like over the top, like, I don't know, antsy, I guess. And like Daisy has not taken over the conversation. George is like almost bubbly. And like, I get that it's supposed to be like a good day for her, but like, even on a good day, like that didn't, that felt like out of character for George so it just it started a little strange for me and I was like I don't really know what's going on um yeah and it was like weird because in her like breakfast order she like she orders bacon and Roxy's like you don't eat bacon she's like I know but Rube does and like that's how he likes his bacon and Rube's like oh thank you and like it was a cute moment but then like Mason was trying to get food and Daisy was like no I said I was buying George breakfast not you and then they yelled at her for quitting her job at happy time. And then, but like, they were like, we're going to be nice to you. Breakfast is on us, but also like, you're an idiot and you're dead and you're stupid. And like, it was right. just weird. I felt a little bit of um, bitten binder energy, like throw him off his game. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was very strange. And they kept talking about how it was her day. And I was like, why is it her day? What is happening? And it was just, it took me a very long time to figure out what was going on, frankly, for what her day was. The problem was, I don't think she made any awareness of what her day was. She didn't. We we had the episode where we talked about Roxy's death anniversary and Roxy was very aware that it was her death anniversary. I don't think this is her death anniversary. I think this is just her funeral dedication. Like when I looked it up. If you look up the actual description of the episode, it says on the one year anniversary of her death. Oh, I looked up. I looked up one of the other ones I looked up said it was just a dedication of her uh, tombstone. Yeah. But the thing is she she died in the fall of the previous year and they already had summer vacation. That's true. So So it is possible from everything that I read it was supposed to be her one year anniversary of being dead. Okay. That makes the most sense. That's why I was so confused when I was looking right, it up. And but it was she like doesn't, she was she like, doesn't why? make any kind of um, like yeah. no mention of it. She's just like done acknowledge it. Like, yeah, but no, she's that's also why like, I, like, I don't know why today is so special. Like, I just feel like it's a good day. Like you don't remember dying. Right. Right. I don't, it was, it was like, that's why I was like, this wasn't a terrible episode, but like, it's not the highest rated. It's not the most clear. It's not the yeah. most well-written. It's just kind of a mess, frankly, but. uh And even the things yes. that I liked about it were not like things that made it great compared to other episodes. 
Right, right. And it was like, this is not, this is not what I would have chosen for a season finale. This is like episode seven or episode eight where people have fallen off and they need to come back. Like they need a, there's yeah. when the lull hits. This is the lull that's hit. Right. And um, not that you should have one, but it just happens. It always happens. There is one usually. No, it, it, it does. That's and so. what also that's how good storytelling is. Like there can't be highs all of the time. Exactly. And so this is it. This is the one. Um, so then we go over to Roxy, Mason, and Daisy who are wandering around and playing, I guess, Reaper, not Reaper. I don't know what you call it. They're just like yeah. walking past people and like Reaper. And I was like, what, what has happened? I was like, is that person a Reaper? Or are they just saying like, when they die, they're going to be a Reaper. I think that's what was happening when they die. They were deciding if they were going to become a Reaper or not. But I was like, what is happening? This is the weirdest game I've ever seen. Yeah. And I just, it was very strange. Um, it was. So now I want to play that game with people. But Reaper, not Reaper. <laughs> yeah, people probably think I was crazy, but it sounds like a fun game. And uh, then Rube goes to a, a hot yoga studio for his next sticky note. And when he came out sticky notes, George did not get one again. This is the fourth episode that George has not had to take a soul. Granted, last time it was because nobody did. Okay, well, yeah, that's fair. But like in the writing, you should have written in at some point in the past four episodes that she had to take a soul. Like that's part of it. Again, the show doesn't show us every day. Yeah, but like still, I feel like that's a big part of the show though is like George taking souls. Like that's part of her like- um, yeah, but they gave Roxy the day stuff. off on her anniversary too. And that's fine, but that means you should have written a different episode before. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Where they didn't give her souls to take, I are I'm fine in the storyline that that happened. I don't it's like that, that it happened four episodes in a row. Yeah. Yes. Fair. That is my problem. Um so we're at hot yoga and he's like meeting the teacher who happens to be the guy he needs to get soul from this if you do not recognize the yoga teacher i did not i'm so sorry he plays michael in lost okay so (laughs) i uh watched like the first season of lost well then you know about 10 years ago michael is the dad of the little boy with the dog okay so I watched it 10 years ago and I don't even remember what happened. So I also don't know how it ends. So don't spoil it because I know it's insane. So I'm going to watch anyway, it one day. Michael Dawson on Lost was that was the actor. And I literally as soon as because I'm crazy and because I love Lost. Um, uh, when he walked into the yoga studio, I go, Michael. <laughs> Yes, I uh, I did not know who he was. Um, I also want to make it very clear that people do normally wear more clothes than that at yoga studios. Um, I've gone to a lot of yoga classes. Yes, and no. It depends, usually. Well, these people were, like, in their underwear. It's like, maybe you wear, like, a crop top, like, sports bra with, like, yoga pants. But it's like... Well, but they were, like, the, the women were wearing, like, sports bras with just, like, bike shorts. Some of them. Just- <laughs> oh all the girls that i saw were wearing oh yeah but yeah. no the men were wearing those tiny little tiny little shorts but also um that is very asian for men to wear tiny little shorts and hot yoga is also like really dangerous to be doing it in is yeah well to be doing at all but to be doing in too right. much clothes so like that was more of a like it's 150 degrees yeah. please take your clothes off but also, like, the way Rube was dressed for yoga is more of how I've seen people dress for yoga. There. So. I yeah. have dressed like Sandy. That was the blonde girl who he kept touching. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. No, I, um, I did not. I dressed in a t-shirt and yoga pants usually when I went. Or, like, a tank top and yoga pants. I love yoga. I haven't done it in so long. Um, so then George goes, is going back to happy time to get her job back. And uh, 
Wow. Dolores is just standing her ground. She is I was being a bitch. Not letting her have any slack because she is still mad at her for leaving. And she's like giving her all these baseball analogies about Derek and Wally Pip. And I was like, I was like, how do you know? You know everything about everything. Like the most random stuff that doesn't make sense for her to know. Well, maybe it was during her cocaine times. Maybe, but also like when you refuse to be idle, you can get a lot done. I guess that's very true. I guess that's very true. Um, I mean, I would never choose that lifestyle, but like. No, absolutely not. I've spent half the day today napping. I like. So did I. It's the best way to do it. And when we get done recording, I'm just laying back on the couch. I'm going directly horizontal when we get done recording. Yeah. So I'm probably ordering takeout again because I ordered takeout earlier, but it's Sunday. So uh, real, real quick look into my life. I ordered takeout twice on Sundays because the rest of the time I am not home. And so I don't have food in my house except snacks. Um, there is food in my house, but I feel like garbage. And I hope my mom doesn't ask me to cook with her. Yeah. I bet she will not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Dolores tells her, I don't need a Wally Pip. And I was like, that's really mean, Dolores. <laughs> like, George is clearly a better worker than that. You're just mad. Like, yeah. get over yourself. Yeah, and George's replacement like, is picking his nose in the office. I was just about to say that. Like, what the heck? Like, obviously, he is not a better replacement for George. Like, right. come on. And so George is like, fine. And she goes to walk over the elevator and starts talking with this delivery guy who is like, just absurd. I just, yeah. he's annoying. And, and next thing, you know, Dolores is hysterically running towards the elevator and just like pounding on the down button. And then he's being rude to Dolores. He's like, that's not going to make it go faster. Turns out her cat has gone into shock. And we all know from the previous episodes how strongly she feels about her cat. Um, so she, this guy will not stop going on about stuff and being like rude and weird to George. And Dolores just pulls out a taser and straight up tases him. Well, because George is like, Dolores, you clearly are not okay. Like, let me drive you. Like, let me help you take care of Marie. Like, I'm here for you. I'm your friend. And then right. the guy's being rude. And so George snaps at him and he snaps back. And then Dolores is like, just shut the fuck up. But then she looks at his tased body laying on the ground and just goes, maybe you should drive. Yep. Yep. She knew. She knew where she had pushed her limit a little bit far. She was a little bit past where she should be. Yep. Um. Good, good choice, Dolores. And uh, so now we're back at yoga and Mandy Patinkin has to do yoga in his like real life. Like he looks like he's like comfortable with his yoga stances. I think he I does. Yoga is very good for the body. He, yes, it is. But I mean, he's also a theater performer. He, he knows how to move. That's true. That's true. Cause he, he was just like really good at it. And I was like, ah, oh, made me miss yoga even more. And um, what is oh <laughs> this is memoir. Couldn't read my notes for a second. And uh, so now we go to the but so sad about this memorial or whatever because I didn't know what we were doing. The one year anniversary of the death. Yes. Um, and they're talking about it, and it's Reggie's like, "What happens?" She's like, "Tell me what happens or whatever." And so Clancy's like, "You know, we'll have somebody like." say some words and all this stuff and joy's like um and i'm gonna say something and clancy's like what and joy's like yeah and she was like and, and you could say something too and Reggie's like okay and then he asks her what uh she's gonna say and his phone rings and she threatens to shove it up his butt if he answers it and um so for so once he, does he, he doesn't yeah but does no i just i hate it. him i hate him me too and uh she's just like i'm gonna say and then she just stops she's like i can't deal with you today and just walks off i was like i just want to give joy a hug like i want to give her a hug and like a nap like i feel like that's what she needs because that whole conversation started with him being mad that she didn't invite his mother to the dedication and she's like his mother she's like i hate her and she hates me so no i didn't invite her 
Right. And like, she, she has no one except Reggie because he's not nice to her either. Right. So she's not going to just bring more crap on herself. Like, that's insane. So, but also, like, I, I know Joy's either. organizing it, but you're a grown adult man. If you wanted your mom there, you could have invited her. Exactly. You could have been more involved and you were. So, uh, now we show up at the uh, vet. And I just said, like, this receptions, receptionist hairstyle is the most 2000s look I have ever seen. I had my hair like that. I remember the flipping out of my hair, my highlighted hair in that period of time. And I was just like, oh, this, if nothing else gave it away, this scene was <laughs> the show was set in 2003. Right. So George's outfit in this episode was so 2003. Right? I know. I was like, this is the, the low rise cargo pants with the tiny t shirt. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. We yeah. summed up the 2000s. Um, and then they're in, so then they're in the, the waiting area and there's this small, dirty child. And <laughs> George is like, don't let him touch Murray. And she's like, what? She's like, just don't let him. Well, and she's no, like before- staring at him. Before she says that, it's because she sees a post-it note in his comic book. Mm -hmm. And she realizes that he is a reaper. But he is an animal reaper. Mm -hmm. Which I never even thought of that. Me either. But I guess that means that in this canon, animals for sure have souls. I think so. I think so. I mean, and, uh, not that I not that I really was thinking that they didn't, but there's always debate on whether animals have souls the way humans do. But like in Dead Like Me canon, they do. Right, right. Yeah. Um, which we get into a little bit later on too. Um, because that also happens after the next few scenes. Um oh yeah, no, well, it yeah. continues, but he he right. is obviously there as a reaper, and so right. and they're in a vet's office. And so George mm-hmm. just automatically knows it must be for the animals, not for yes. people. Right. And, uh, but then we head back to a people death at the yoga studio and Arun is trying to flirt with, what did you say her name was? I forgot already. Sandy. Sandy. And um, she asked him to show her some pose. And so he goes to do it. And it's like the one where you lay on your back and your feet touch the floor behind you. It's called the plow. And, uh, the plow. And uh, I'm not great at My body just rolls a lot when I do that. It's not, it's not great. Um, but I just don't do, I just don't do it because I have like neck and spine issues. And yeah, I mean, it also isn't great for that, but I just have such short legs that I just like roll when I do it. It's not, it's not good. It's not good. Um, so he does it. And then this graveling comes from the ceiling and just lands on him and cracks his neck and kills him. And it's like immediate Sandy does not realize he's dead at this point. She just like keeps on. Then she like walks away. She's like, Hey, thanks. And, um, I was like, that is one hell of a way to die. Like, how sad is that? Just like, that's, I don't know. It seems so preventable. And he already had like well, we learned he already had back and neck issues, and he's not. Well, yeah, to I was gonna say it was preventable because in the, his conversation with Rube, once it, his soul is talking to Rube, he's like, "I'm not supposed to do that pose. I took it out of all my stuff because I have an old back injury that I shouldn't be doing that." So, but she's so on. hot. Yeah, yeah. And then, and it was so funny when Rube was like trying to tell him like what was going on. He just looks at him and he's like you're dead. Where are my pants? And I was like, that is like, I was like, that is so fast. You didn't give him any information, Rube. You were just like, and I get like, you know, I'd want to find my pants too, if they were not where they were supposed to be when I'm trying to leave a place. But still, it was so funny. He was just like, you're dead. Where are my pants? And he's like going on. He's just like, no, they're supposed to be here. And I was like, okay, I think, I think that he's probably your priority right now, but okay. But, like, um, Rube's not the kind of person who can handle his priorities well if he has no pants on. Yes, that is 
Very true. Very true. It's mostly like, um, give me my pants and I will help you. Otherwise, we're going to keep doing this until I find them. Yeah. Um, so then we go to the record store. Um, and there's this, uh, the woman who works there stops this kid who's trying to uh, steal a record or steal a CD. And she pulls it out. And she says, Hootie and the Blowfish. And she just gives it back to him. She's just like, take it and go. <laughs> like, get out of here. She's so disappointed in him for stealing that. That she's like, just keep it. And it's so funny because like, so that was 2003. Who would have thought where Darius Rucker would be now? Like, we have chicken I, fried now. We did in I 2003. Darius Rucker. I also like Darius Rucker. And we play chicken fried all the time at the bar. Is chicken fried, and, isn't, uh, that, isn't that a Zach Brown band? Oh, is it? Yeah. Which one's the Darius Rucker one then that came out? Recently? Like, I mean, I don't know. History in the Making is my favorite Darius Rucker. I also no, like... No, he has a, a country album that came out. No, I know. History in the Making and Almost are both on his country album. Wagon Maybe it's or, Almost. Wagon Wheel is the one that's... No, like the, is it? Wagon Wheel is the one that's the most played of his country songs. That's yeah. the one. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, it was a remake from... A, Yes, old Crow Medicine band. Yeah, we yes. also play that one too. Yes, no, but I got the background Zach Brown band. You are correct. You are correct. Mm-hmm. But still, I love country music. I also love country music. I'm just tired. So, <laughs> um, but yes, so that was really funny. And I was just trying to picture how 2003 people would be with how things are now. And then we go. I mean, Hootie and the Blowfish was still good and big in 2003. Just not I for know. the vibe that she was going right. for. Right. Yeah. Because um, only one of the few is like. That's what I was going to say. Like, that was around the time that like. When did that uh, only want to be with you come out? Let's see. Only want to be with you. Oop, I can't type words. Um, oh, 94. 94? Yeah, I forgot that Hootie and the Blowfish is that old. Uh, that is longer than I thought it was. Interesting. Which was Hootie also the- a remake. Hootie and the Blowfish were active from 1986 to 2008 and then got back together in 2018. They're back together now? Yeah. Wow. I they did a reunion thought. tour in 2019. Huh. Hmm. Some new knowledge for you people who also lived under a rock like me. Um, good to know. So uh, Daisy is now trying to wingman Mason because he's asked her to find him a girl to sleep with. Well, because she- we discovered that he has not um, done the deed in 15 months and he's starting mm-hmm. to go slowly insane. Yes. And um, Daisy's way too excited about this opportunity to find him a girl. But also She's having okay. a great time. She is, but this is my problem. I don't buy Mason being that unattractive to women. Right. I also don't. Like, I get that he has a little bit of a creeper vibe, but like the women who smack him as soon as he begins to speak to them, like I Callum Blue is too attractive for me to buy people being that disgusted with Mason. And also, like, this is not me because I know a lot of people with accents now but if you're in the states people with an accent can pretty much go out with whoever they want like across the board it is not hard to find someone like because people think you're like I mean you know maybe not in New York because there are a lot of people in New York that are like it's very diverse so you're not going to be the only one but like maybe Seattle right like I haven't been to Seattle so I don't know but I bet there's less people who are English there than there are here Yes, I there would have to be. Yes. Um, yeah, no, but so this whole montage of him not being able to get a girl was baffling to me. I was like, this doesn't make sense. Yes. It was very unrealistic, but his pickup lines were killing me. Oh my God. They I were so bad. What was the one that he said that I actually genuinely laughed out loud? I don't remember which one it was, but. I don't know. They were all they were all like the stereotypical pickup lines you hear, cheesy pickup lines, and they were cracking me up. Um, And so after you know he gets slapped like fifty times or whatever, he goes back to Daisy and she slaps him. She's like, "It just looked like fun." 
<laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then she's like, okay, gotta go. And he's like, wait, what? And she was like, just try being yourself. And then I was like, you're telling me yourself. Does that mean you're kind of starting to get into him now? Because like, you like him as a person. So you think he's going to do better? No, but I think she was like, I can't give you the advice to get like, well, that would work on me. Cause getting a girl like me wouldn't happen in a place like this. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but also the girl who worked at the record store, as soon as I saw her attacking the kid with the Hootie and the Blowfish CD, I was like, that's who Mason. (coughs) Yeah. It was very obvious. Yeah. (coughs) Sorry. I'm fine. Um, so then we have a quick flash of poor Reggie. Which, just again, do you know who she is? She's no, I am also... so sorry. I didn't look any of these people up. It's okay. No, it's just because I there are people that I recognized right away, and I just couldn't remember her name. Her name is Jewel State. Okay. She was in Firefly and Serenity. Also, have not watched those. Okay. But then she was in like The Blind Spot and Family Law and. Um, um what is her name jewel state that sounds familiar but i don't think it actually is jewel state s-t-a-i-t-e yes yes um she does kind of look familiar but i don't know yeah stargate atlantis she was one of the main characters in stargate atlantis and but she was part of the firefly she's in mothman i've seen mothman she played Dr. Jennifer Keller on Stargate Atlantis. I adore her. Yeah, but so, so again, I saw her. I saw her, and I go, man, I saw her and I go, oh, I love it. All these, all these, it was like all the guest stars that I didn't have to Google. Yes, yes. I, uh, I do like when that happens. Um, <laughs> I just was dying and didn't do it. I'm so sorry for my lack of effort today. I'm doing my best. Um, I mean, I didn't look them up really either. I just knew them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, now we're back at the vet appointment and she's inside the like appointment, the like room with the doctor and she is, Dolores is clearly distraught. And this doctor just starts like making jokes about like dying and she's like he's like how's the cat ha 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 she's like and george he was like he was like have you had any um unnatural urination and she was like yeah and he goes okay so how about the cat yeah and george snapped at him which was good i would have to because you don't do that that's so unprofessional because as, as annoying as dolores is george is a good friend exactly yeah um even if I thought she wasn't going to be in the beginning, she is. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I really, at this point, I really thought the cat was going to die. Me too. I was convinced. I wrote down, I put poor kitty is going to die. I just really thought it was going to happen. And then um, we go back to the yoga studio and Arun and Rube are watching the medics take his body away. <laughs> and though girl sandy is like talking like watching him and talking about him and she says he's so pure i really wanted him inside of me and everyone's like no i can't do this anymore <laughs> i was just like jesus it's like you don't say things like that at a death scene like oh, what is wrong with this girl i say things like that in many places that i shouldn't but would you say it where someone died not right where they died right right so i just didn't didn't care for that it's like there are definitely people who have died that i've been upset that they died because then i couldn't bone them okay but that's different i feel like that's different than this situation probably like uh god bless so uh now we're back at the record store and she the um i called her the the rocker chick yeah she's her, <laughs> she's credited as goth girl so oh excellent goth girl yeah. um is has gotten a hold of the sticky note that uh 
Mason has. And she says, ETD, what does this mean? And he just tells her, he's like estimated time of death. And she's like, what are you? Some kind of reaper? And he's just like, yeah. I was like, what is happening? I'm pretty sure you're he not supposed to tell He definitely only people. said yes because he could tell she was flirting with him. Well, absolutely. But I don't think you're supposed to tell people things like this. Like, I don't know the rules, but I bet that's one of them. Probably, but like also... Did she believe him or did she just think he was saying that to bone her? But like, I don't know. Like if someone was just saying that, I think I might would think they were a crazy person. Like, yes, but you're not all the same kind of girl who would let someone steal who you the blow for shitty just because you think it's garbage music. That's also true. That is also fair. Um, I um, probably would have been like, done actually no I probably would have done exactly what she did because I made a note about it (laughs) (laughs) that feels correct that feels correct (laughs) but uh so Mason finally broke his his dry spell um and he was very pleased with himself about it and uh then we go back to the back to yoga again and he's talking, Rube's talking to Arun about getting close to people. And he's like, why didn't you go talk to that girl? She really liked you. And Rube's like, I don't get close to the living. And he's like, well, why not? You should do, he's like, that's not, you know, like basically you need to, these are the things worth living for or whatever type, type speech. He didn't say it quite like that. And uh, Rube's just like, nope. Mm-mm. And I was just like, why won't Rube get close to anyone? I know he must've been hurt before, but. No, but but here's the thing. Rube said more than he said without really saying it. Yeah. And it was and it was one of those moments where, like, so Arun is talking about how many different women he's been able to love and all of these things because of yoga and like sensuality and everything. And Rube's reaction is not really one of being against. He was like, if that's what was good for you. And like, right. he's basically like, we know that Rube's a really old fashioned guy and he talks about it, stuff all the time. And the way he reacts to that, it's very clearly the like, I'm a one woman kind of guy. And Rube loved somebody. And Rube's and never going to love. We don't know why yet. And Rube's never going to not love somebody. I know. But he's just so closed off. And how sad is that, that he's all by himself? That he I mean, won't let you get close to him. I mean, you think about it, like what kind of like you've met like people whose grandparents, like one of them died and then the other one is just like never gonna be. Well, yeah, like but they like that. still let their family members in and be close to them. And I feel like he just doesn't let anyone in now. But he doesn't I mean have except a Roxy. He doesn't have he does a family. have a family, Roxy and Mason and Daisy. Kind and of George. He's he's letting them in little bits at a time and like Roxy's been there the longest of them so like that's why which is weird because Mason's obviously older than her but like right but we also know that he does care a lot about Mason just in a different way because Mason's not right. capable of having an adult relationship true true I just, <laughs> so I just want him to be happy because I know that he's gonna Sorry, my mom just my mom didn't want to interrupt the podcast, but she just had to write me a note that the Bills game is going into overtime right now. Oh, nice. I thought they were going <laughs> to the game. No, the game's in Tampa. They just were both not home. <gasps> oh, I see. I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yes, interesting. Um I hope that they win, and I hope that uh Godwin scored a lot of points, but that the Bills still win. Yeah. Um, I just hope that we beat Tom Brady. That's all. Because yes, we did yes. not, we did not beat the Patriots. But if we could just, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, now we are back at the vet, and I said the dirty kid is still there. Yes, yes. So, well, no. Finish what you were going to say, and then I will, because mine is a thought that you have to finish first. Okay, and uh, so. The dirty kiss over there. I think this is when she actually sees the post officially. She thought he was a reaper before. No, she or maybe saw she saw it, it again. She saw it the first time, but then this time she's he has it. We see it more clearly. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I missed it the first time, <laughs> but she saw it both times. And so she's telling her again, like, don't let him, don't let him touch Murray. Don't do it. And uh, the kid, this guy's gets his money back now. Like, we don't know what's happening. Everything's fine. Like he seems great. And he's like, wonderful. And the kid walks over there and I was like, no, the poor bunny's going to die. And he's so like, this is, so when we first met this little kid who we find out later, like later, his name is Charlie. When we first met Charlie, I was like, that is so sad that this kid is a reaper and that he's a kid and he's stuck like this. Yes. And in this moment when he pet Eddie, I realized kids have to be the reapers for animals because people trust kids with animals more. Yeah, but it's so like if, sad. If a little kid asks to pet your bunny rabbit you're much more likely to be like yeah okay then if like like if mason walked up and was like let me touch your rabbit okay but <laughs> well yeah but that was a bad example but no but like i had but, the realization yes, that, I, I had the realization that like kids are the best reapers for kid for animals and it's horribly terrifying and sad that kids die but like it, we did know that well, I decided this has to be like hell. Like this is not, it's not fire and brimstone. It is, you have to be the one to take the souls of animals. Like that would be awful. And he was, this kid like has been through so much. He was killed by a dr- driver. Like this kid has not had it easy. And now he's this dirty kid with no home and has to take animal souls. And I was like, what happened here? This is so sad. Which, um, I really wanted to. So we're kind of skipping to the, the end of this scene because she chases, after yeah. he takes Eddie's soul, George chases him out of the- And she gets her shop. job back from Dolores, yeah. Yeah, but then she finds out, like, his name is Charlie and he doesn't have a home and how he was killed and everything. And I, like, really wanted her to offer for him to come stay with them. Me too! Me too. Of, That's what I thought was going to happen. I kind of get why she didn't. Because, like, clearly he must have a rube in his life. Yeah, somebody gave him a sticky note. Yeah, so like, there's got to be somebody looking out for him, even if it's not in the and they're different late. departments. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he's in the pet department, she's in the people department, she's in the uh, um, external forces department. Right, right. But yes. yes. Um. So then after we we meet Charlie, we like see everything about Charlie. We go back to George's one year anniversary. And I was just like, I was like, what is going on with, is this where Clancy got another phone call? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? Why do you keep taking these phone calls at the worst times possible or at all? Stop doing this. Stop having an affair. I was so mad at him. I was like, this is the worst time to do this. Correct. Um, but I was happy because JD got to come. Oh, yeah, because um, Reggie had asked her mom if JD could come, and she was like, no, he's a dog. And to Reggie just goes, fuck her, you're coming anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, JD was there at the cemetery. And then Joy. And- Joy gives her speech. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I wasn't a better mom. I wasn't more. She's like, I didn't show it. She said, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't show you the affection that I always had for you because I did love you. And I miss you. Oh my gosh. It was so sad. It was such a sweet moment. And then when Joy finishes, Reggie's just like, that was nice. And she's like, thanks. And then she's like, do you want to say something? She's like, yeah, but can you leave? <laughs> I was like, oh, poor Joy. And Joy walks like three feet away. And Reggie's like, oh, Reggie's wait. Like, I know. She's like, you can come back. And she's telling her, like, she puts down the picture of them together. And it's, oh. She's like, I miss you. Maybe even more than mom does. Yeah. I was like, that's so sad. And uh, uh, then all of the, the Reapers come to her grave. It's all the whole family's there and they, and they celebrate her Rube. death day. Yeah. Rue pulls out the champagne and uh, then Mason says at one point to George, 
dead like us and i was like ah you had to get the title in there yes um but also um the thing she tells them that she never had champagne before yeah and rube asked her what it tastes like and she goes it tastes like i kind of wish i had never died oh it was so heartbreaking it was so sad and uh we learned that the gravelings live in the cemeteries which i never thought about but it makes sense and no uh, but then george mason's toast and like them celebrating together and george took the picture from the grave and just like yeah and she was but she was so sweet because she's so innocent she was like is that a good headstone like i don't know and i know she's Rose like is like, it nice yeah it is nice top shelf or top drawer oh i was like oh that's so sweet and then he just tells her he's like you are loved and i was like oh my gosh that's so sad he's like he's basically like you're not alone they loved you and now we love you too i know oh gosh it was uh it was like it was a really good ending and she was talking about she's like she said there was some what she says and like there was some stupid writer (laughs) who said like there are no great second acts in life and it was uh it was f scott fitzgerald she was talking about but that's not what she said she said something yeah she said something oh, no, about she like said, she said there was yeah some stupid writer said it no i'm sorry i was thinking of another quote um in one of the episodes that was from henry ward beecher but that was yeah that was a few episodes in, back that was last episode yeah 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 so it was funny. I was like, and I don't remember if I talked about it on here, but I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about his wife and she actually wrote essentially the same story as the great Gatsby. And he just published it first, but they were both writing at the same time. And then he talked about how she stole from him, but really apparently she had been writing it first. And like, it was both their story because they both based it off of their lifestyle. It was insane. Like, it was rough. Um, so that's cool. Good times. I don't, but yeah. So I don't like that. I don't like that the Fitzgerald and the, the Gatsby and their story very much, but not because it's not good. Like, I think it's great. I love great Gatsby. Right. But I unfortunately know a few people who kind of base their personality off of that book, its existence. Mm. And it, it makes me not like it. Like, I get that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, so uh, as a finale, the end of this episode was really good for a like season finale episode. The rest of the episode could have had a little more, a little better I think, writing done. I think, honestly, um, George's over monologue, her narration was yeah. season finale-ish. Her parents' story was, the end mm-hmm. of the episode was. I even think that Arun's story kind of was. I just wish we had gotten a little more from Rube. Mason's, I think we, the, Mason's is the only one that really, storyline that really just didn't belong. Right. I just, I feel like because it was the season finale, we should have had something, some kind of big reveal should have happened. Not all of it, because we got to go into season two. But there should have been a big reveal that we've been waiting on all season and we didn't get anything. I I mean, I think, and we can talk about this a little bit more when we do our season wrap up, but I don't mm-hmm. know that they knew they were getting a season two. So I also wondered that because of how they did that um, flashback episode two episodes back, um, if they it, knew the, at this point. And I think, I think it's part of it is um, that um they didn't really know exactly when it was coming back and I think that there were there were always issues backstage on the show like in general Mm -hmm. um which is one of the reasons Brian Fowler left when he did. Obviously, there was yeah. a whole ordeal with the way producers handled Rebecca Gayhart leaving. Um, uh-huh. Which, again, this is all stuff we can go into more detail later. But I do believe the problem was they wanted to wrap a bow of the things they already had without going deeper into anything else, just in case. Right, right. I think so like that's, they kinda, yeah, I think that makes they kind of toyed, 
they tied up Joe or Joy's grieving. They tied up Reggie or um, George accepting her death. They gave us emotional stuff with Rube and then with like Mason with George, but they didn't go deeper into Rube or Mason or Roxy's lives because like, yeah, in case they didn't want to leave it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's just. Which like, I totally get feeling unsatisfied with it, but like. But I also get why the they show would do had that. so much turmoil in general that like they kind of were like let's just have a happy like satisfying moment to end it and if that right. is the end of the show then it just is what it was right yeah yep I am um, I agree who uh did you want to punch Dolores, she was so mean to George at the beginning. For I get that George quit, but she did try to like she didn't know what she was doing, and she did try to be nice to her about it. And I get that she made them look bad because she just quit five minutes after she started her new job that they that she found on like one of their Their, websites or something. And but like her and George were friendly and she just completely blew her off and didn't even have a conversation with her about it like she didn't have to be that mean about it even if she was not gonna let her have her job back i would like to punch roxy because they never give us an explanation for why she was being so rude at the beginning of the episode yes i think everyone was just out of character at the beginning of the episode that's what i've chalked up to um who was your mvp I mean, Jewel, the, the goth girl, is me. <laughs> but no, I think it will have to be Rube. That's who I'm picking too. Because he, like, we saw how, like, his emotion. Yeah, she would have been a close second for me. Yeah. But he's like, and then he took care of her so much on her, like, on her death anniversary, which is now what I'm calling it. Yes. And um, brought her champagne, and he's just like, You're loved. And I'm just like, Oh, yeah. Joy, that's exactly what George she, needed. Yeah. But Joy admitting that she knew she wasn't the best mom, but she did love her was, I know. Yeah. It was very sweet. It was nice. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that is, uh, that's the end of season one. We made it through season one. We uh, will have the season wrap up soon. And then uh, when the new year starts, we'll break into season two. Have a Merry Christmas. And if we uh, don't post anything next week, which. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, Have a happy new year. Um, It's very possible with how our lives have gone the last two weeks that we will not post anything next week. Um, But that doesn't mean we don't love you. It just means we're tired. It just means we don't know what's happening in life right now. Well, and also like we want to spend holidays with our family. You want to spend holidays with your family. Like we're not trying to like, the holidays are on the weekend this year, which makes it difficult to try to worry about the podcast. So right. we just will uh, try to actually be human beings and not robots. Exactly. And hopefully by the next time you see us, we are well and more full of life. Wouldn't that be nice? That is the <laughs> dream. That is the dream. Um, you can follow us on all of the social medias at Death and Aliens. You can follow me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at C-E-Cloud 13. And we we hope you have the merriest of Christmases. Um, if you don't celebrate Christmas, I'm sorry. I do not wish anyone a happy Hanukkah, but it is over now. So I apologize. Uh, Kwanzaa. 
I don't know if there Happy is. holidays. Yeah, I don't, I was gonna say, I don't think that there is a winter holiday in Islam, but like, whatever happy you everything, happy everything to everyone. Yes. I hope you have a good day today and tomorrow, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you when 2021 is over. Oh, yep. That's happening soon. Ooh, remember when 2018 was last week? I do. I do Ooh. indeed. Excellent. Stop. All right. Bye. See ya.